All right, so I'm already in a better mood just from our pre-show prep, which is a nice thing about this job is that usually if I'm in a bad mood for whatever reason, I go and sit in the chair for around the horn, and by the time I'm done with the show, I leave and I feel better because I had a good time with my friends that I work with, and it feels like a family, and that's how it feels around here most of the time when you're not cheating on me, although that's a family too. It's just a broken one. Um, and around the horn, Levitard, highly questionable. Most of the places that I get to be lucky enough to work at this company feel like a family, feel like we're not coworkers, we're friends who have the luxury of getting to talk about sports or anything we feel like, especially when it comes to those ride home productions and, and Levitard show. So we got the news yesterday and there were uh, inklings of this out and about, and uh, I thought if it were to happen, it would maybe be a couple months or maybe a month, not a day after I, I first heard that it was going to be official. And so the news comes out that Dan Levitard is leaving ESPN. His last show will be January 4th, last Highly Questionable, although that show is going to continue. Uh, we don't know yet what that show is going to look like wherever it goes. Uh, if it has a plan in mind, that's not been publicly discussed. Um, but I, I anticipate that some version of that Levitard show with Stugatz and the shipping container and all those guys is going to surface somewhere else, and I will remain completely loyal to listening to it every day like I am now. But, Fitz, I don't know that everybody really understands what that group being a part of ESPN does to the rest of the company. I look at it similarly to something like ESPNW, where it felt like once you had this little engine within the company of people that were invested in female athletes and female sports and telling the stories, in righting the wrongs, in, in exposing the things that are happening across the sports world that maybe everybody else doesn't care as much about, it changed the way our company dealt with a ton of things. And I feel like that with the Levitard show, that it's just a place where people came in and out of there and expressed their true selves and got to be more than sports analysts. And then when they went back to their regular shows, everybody felt like they knew them better and liked them more and wanted them to be more themselves. And, and there was no artifice. And for, for me especially, and I would imagine for you, being a music guy and not guy who cut his teeth in local radio for 30 years and then got a big break being a woman and being someone who likes to talk about a number of things around the sports world and not just straight mount rushmore of wide receivers it felt safer and better to be here in a place where you knew that that was welcome and that people really responded well to that so it's not just that my friend is leaving and my mentor and it's not just that i won't get to go on that show and have so much fun it's that, the, that I think things change a little bit. And I don't want to not be able to feel like I can be myself in this space or in other spaces because there isn't that little engine chugging along and, and making people remember how much joy you can have in doing this job. It's a, it's a incredible to hear you speak about it and B, I think the thing when you speak about it that really cuts through to me is authenticity right and that's what mm -hmm. what strikes me about that show and you know the funny thing is i'll never forget the first time that i subbed in on it and the, you know i got all the tweets that were like you don't get the show and i'm like well i'm doing the best <laughs> job i can do uh, you know but there's this there's this moment with that entire group that you know from the outside looking in they have more fun and they seem more connected and it seems to be more familial than so many others but also i can say like honestly stugatz and i connected on a very real level after the stoneman douglas high school shooting uh he and i talked a lot because he was living through that and i'd lived through a, a very similar experience in many ways with the las vegas shooting and how that sort of affected the uh the country music community and the las vegas community and stugatz and i bonded from that and one of the most incredible things to me 
is that at, at different moments in my career where I've had either a tremendous success or a tremendous failure, one of the first people that reached out to me every single time was Stugatz. And whether it was with the right thing to say positively or... Was it for tickets, though? No, no, not for tickets. No, <laughs> amazingly. That tells you I'm not po popular enough. Uh, That's right. No, but like he always had the, the ability to just like know the right thing to say. And I still have a voicemail saved on my phone from Stugatz uh, wow. at a time when I needed to hear it. So I think that, that what we lose from that is that. Like there, there's just a familial element to it. And, and you said it well. I think one of the cool things about ESPN in general working here and, and part of what, you know, for me, like I love working in college football because so many of those people have become close friends, you know, and like you and I and, and one of the things that people ask all the time about us working together when I do phoners, uh, we're friends. And like we we have that connection. And you think about what you, what you said about Dan being a mentor. I've never even met Dan, but I feel like Dan has influenced what I do because of the way that show has been for so long. So it, it is a difficult time for all of us to sort of figure out how to process it and, and figure out how to be the best versions of ourselves. And I think for me, too, like, I kind of fear change, right? I get settled and I get in a groove. And it's not that I'm not ambitious. It's not that I don't want to do more and do different things. It's that I, I love the things that I settle into and I, and I enjoy. And so I, I don't know what happens when, when he leaves, right? And I don't know what that means for my relationships with all the people on that show and within the company. There are a lot of people who didn't really get to see me until I was the commish, right? And um, I do have a lot of walls up in this industry because as a woman, you're constantly going to be cut down for for any mistake. So you end up being a little bit defensive, and it's harder to make fun of yourself, and it's harder to be yourself because you're so worried about, especially in my early years in local radio, oh, my gosh, if I had said I'm a vegetarian who doesn't like watching people box or UFC makes gives me the heebie-jeebies like that's it radio's off you don't belong in this world and what that show did in part was just let everybody be whoever they are and still be a part of this world whether they're Mina Kimes bragging about ping pong or Pablo Torre getting you know the the highfalutin music for talking about Harvard or you know Jeff Passon doing an Elmo impression right whatever weirdness you have you brought to them and everybody embraced it and I just want that to be the case around places again and, and one thing I always suggest when the radio folks are coming around and asking for ideas and they've never taken this idea fit so maybe it's a terrible idea you tell me but I always thought do a swap week where you take people from all the shows and you pair them up with other people for that week and you just have a little fun with I usually listen to this show, and I love Fitz, but Fitz is going to be paired with uh, Zubin or, 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 or Greeny or whoever. Now let's listen to this. Oh, because I usually listen to Spain, but now she's on with Keyshawn. All right, let's, let's, let's listen. I just think there's so much connectivity that Levitar did that made all of our products better wherever we went because we felt like we knew each other, and I want that to still exist, and I, I don't know if it will. I commend you for the honesty in talking about the defensiveness because I feel it. I feel seen in that second when you say that because I think one thing that you and I have always connected about and I think about for me is having come from such a different background, 
when I do, and and believe me, I make mistakes. We all know that. And uh, the the sort of the reaction you get when you screw up has just been so. Uh, in the beginning, for me, it was so overwhelming, and it's always it was hard for me for a while to be able to laugh at myself because I was so worried that everybody was laughing at me, not with me. As weird as that mm-hmm. sounds, and so like you find that wall up. And one thing I always respected, you know, about working with you know Gola Jr. is that he's somebody that just doesn't really care. I think what <laughs> I what I've learned in my relationship with Stu Gatz is like you can be behind the scenes incredibly passionate and incredibly smart and incredibly effective on what you're trying to do and you can still in front of a microphone be you know uh, self-deprecating and find that right right blend i mean that that's such a a key to it and it's part of what I think, frankly, has to happen. I've always said the coolest part about radio is that it's real, it's authentic, and it allows you to build a relationship. You get to know fans, and fans get to know you. Like Gail and Asom and people that tweet us all the time. Like mm-hmm. We get real connection in some weird way, just like they get from us. And that's what Levitard, I think, maximized better than anybody could imagine. Well, I'm sure we'll get into it. we got another couple weeks of him hanging around, uh, plenty of time to be sentimental and, you know, to, to mock him as we do for the master's jacket or anything else. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that fun stuff with him, I'm sure, over the next couple weeks, too.